Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 27th episode of the Gin Jag Podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo, here with my co-host Scott Klein. We're coming to you here live on a Friday. We uh, decided to forego our regularly scheduled Thursday broadcast and go ahead and wait for the schedule to be released. So this is going to be a uh, Jaguars 2017 regular season schedule special. We're going to go all through the schedule, take a look at what we think might happen, take a look at everything that's going on with the schedule. We're going to take a look at position changes for some starters on the defensive side of the football. The Jaguars have signed a new fullback. Yes, the fullback has returned to Jacksonville. Brandon Albert's holding out, and he's not answering Doug Marone's phone calls. <laughs> he, uh, he got a new phone. Okay. <laughs> new number, right. who is? Okay. All right. So we got a lot to get into. Uh, Shad Khan was approved his plan to develop the shipyards. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. We'll get into that. We might get into a whole lot more time permitting. So this is the 27th episode of the Gin Jag podcast presented by Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check them out at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. They've got some exciting news going on. Today is their official grand opening of the downtown location of Bold City Yay. Brewery. So that's huge, obviously. They've got a nice little bar area right there on East Bay Street, so make sure to go check them out. Bold City Brewery, if you need more information, check out their Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm sure everybody's excited to hear what we have to think about the schedule and all the interesting things going on in Jaguars land this week. So uh, we'll get right into it. This is the Gen Jag podcast. You can find us online at Generation Jaguar on Twitter, excuse me, on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at Generation Jag. And check out our website, generation, excuse me, genjag.com. I just want to keep saying Generation Jaguar. <laughs> I don't know why. So, um, yeah, genjag.com, all the latest news and analysis. You can check out all our other podcasts. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into it, Scott. We've got a lot to get to. There's no question about that. So what are your first impressions about the schedule? We'll get into some more 
specific details, but this is the schedule release party, so what do we got going on? Just looking at opponents yeah. and looking at the strength of the schedule, it's pretty pretty in our favor. Where I think we're ranked the 30th ranked schedule as far as strength of schedule based on the opponent's records from last year. But going more in-depth in it, it might not be as easy as it seems. Right. If, if you took away... If you took away home and away and just looked at the teams the Jaguars are playing, it does look like a very winnable schedule. Um, specifically, the first seven games, if you took away where they were being played, you would think the Jaguars would have a good shot to start out the season really hot. Oh, yeah. But five of the first seven games are away from Everbank. Obviously, they have the technically home game, you know, air quotes home game against Baltimore and London. But they start out at Houston. The Jaguars are traditionally garbage at Houston. Yeah. Just that's the way it is. They don't have a quarter well, they didn't have a quarterback they, last year. They don't right? <laughs> yes. Tom they don't, Savage came in and took over. Tom the Savage game. looked like a damn pro bowler against the <laughs> yes, Jaguars does, in that he game. really did. We got AJ. He can give us all their secrets. We can only hope. Um, Then you're at home against Tennessee. Tough game. I mean, Tennessee could be the best team in the division this year in the AFC South. Very easily. Marcus Mariota is going to develop. You would imagine he's going to be even better in year three. It all rides on him, really. Yeah, but, I mean, that running game. Even if his arm isn't getting the job done, they can get it done in other ways, in my opinion. But that's what could put them... over the top. Yeah, I mean, they could be Mariota. an Oakland-type team if Mariota... Just coming out of nowhere, winning the division. Yeah. So that's tough, obviously. It's good that it's at home after you're playing Houston. You wouldn't want to go at Houston, at Tennessee. That would yeah. be really difficult. But then you've got Baltimore and London. The Jaguars traditionally play the Ravens really well, but it's not ever going to be an easy game against them. Yeah, and, they, and they, they've they been playing well in London. I mean... They, the Jaguars, yeah, yeah. Jaguars. They they seem to have gotten comfortable over there. Um, no bye week surrounding the uh, the game this year, right? And none of the teams visiting London have their bye week afterwards. And I think that's smart. Personally, I wrote about that this morning. Uh, you have the week eight bye week after you have that five out of seven games away from home. Just catch your breath, and then yeah, you catch your breath and you get ready for a nice string of games that will be five out of seven at home so while it it's tough in terms of travel and you know where you're traveling to at pittsburgh geez that is tough yeah a good old uh, <laughs> the old division rival yeah back it's, from it's, the afc central that'd be a fun game to be at no doubt i myself plan on going to the jets game we have a couple buddies up yeah. there shout out to scott i mean scott Klein, <laughs> ryan molly and uh alex thorpe up in new york if you guys are listening, we'll be seeing you October 1st. But what do you think about the Jets game? Yeah, I mean... They're they, another team with quarterback not, troubles. Yeah, they, they don't have much of an identity, really. I mean, they, they Todd Bowles, he's supposed to be a defensive guy. You know, they've got players. They've got unhappy players that yeah. might get shipped off pretty no soon. Question. But, I mean, offensively, they don't, they don't scare you. No. I mean, they've got... Guys, Eric, they Eric have, Decker's a good player for sure. Yeah, you like they, Eric Decker. They got rid of Brandon Marshall's 
in New York Giants. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I mean, he's he. That's Jeremy Curley's a. 49er, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as at running back, there's Matt Forte and yeah. Bilal Powell. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely, again, another winnable game, but it's it's on the road in a place where we went on the road and lost a very winnable game before, yeah. not, just a couple years ago. Yeah. I look at the next game versus the Los Angeles Rams in Jacksonville. I see that as a must win. Mm-hmm. The Rams have a... Amazingly talented defense, but Jared Goff's their quarterback. Yeah. At this point, Blake Bortles, you could honestly say, is better than what Houston has probably, is better than what the Jets have, yeah. and is better than what the Rams have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you're a Jaguars fan and you're like, well, Bortles can be better than what they have, and we know we like the rest of our team with our receivers and our and our defense what should be amazing anybody. defense, <laughs> yeah. right? So while it is tough, all these road games, it's not necessarily against the hardest teams. Yeah, but it's not going to be a cupcake walk either. It's so. good. It's it, it it'll it'll I think it'll really show where this team is this year. Yeah, as far as mental toughness, you know, being able to get out there against teams that they should absolutely compete with. Yeah. It should be a close game. Then regardless bef- of the Yeah. Game. Then before the bye week you got at Indy. You never know what's gonna happen up yeah. in Indy with the Jaguars. <laughs> I mean they've won in Indy, they've lost in Indy many times. You don't know what you're gonna get out of the Colts this year. It looks like they're a team that's been picked off the scrap heap besides besides their offensive weapons and yeah. their quarterback. That's all they've really got to work with out there. But uh they're always tough for the Jaguars, and any team that has Andrew Luck playing quarterback is never going to be easy out. Then they've got their bye week. They get to refresh, chill out for a little bit, and then coming out of their bye week, they have two straight home games, which could be huge. They don't have to leave Jacksonville for a full three weeks. Yeah, That's great. Probably almost closer to four weeks. Because um, then they play at Cleveland, which is a very short plane ride. Mm-hmm. It's not like a cross-country trip. So, Cincinnati, obviously, I don't think anybody's going to pick the Jaguars to win that game. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cincinnati really came in and handed it to the Jaguars last <laughs> yeah. preseason when everybody thought the Jaguars were riding high, about to start a really nice run into the regular season. The Bengals starters kind of came in. Check, and, check yourself. Exactly. All right. All right. Let's remember, remember who you are. Remember, we're, we're, we're still perennial playoff team. <laughs> and now, the other team that uh, newly relocated to Los Angeles. The Chargers, they're coming to Jacksonville, too. They employ the Jaguars' former head coach, the worst head coach in NFL history, Gus Bradley. Um, not, that's not my opinion. That's facts. Okay? That's not my opinion. That is a fact. So I also view this as a must-win game, not only because it's an AFC opponent, um, just because, in my mind... You just got to rub the, it in the, Phil, Philip Rivers' smug mug. It's not even about Rivers for me. I mean, Rivers is a class act. I know he can piss he people beats. off and rug people the wrong way. He just but always beats he beats the crap out of the Jaguars. He always does. And the Chargers defense has their games against the Jaguars. They did it last year, 38-14. to 14. Lord, yeah. um, you got to beat the Chargers because Gus Bradley is their defensive coordinator, and they are the team that regularly just beats the crap out of you every year. You got to do it. 
you went out to L- or to San Diego last year and they kicked your ass. The year before that, you had a pretty competitive game, but then you got your ass handed to you in the fourth quarter uh, in Jacksonville. They just always beat the Jaguars. Um, if you if if you can't compete with the Los Angeles Chargers team that for the past few years has really been struggling. They have the talent now. They have talent. There's no question about it. Yeah, no. Their offense is tough. you got Keenan Allen, healthy. Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers. Antonio Gates is still out there. He didn't retire, did he? No. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're going to add offensive weapons. In fact, in my one-round mock, I have them drafting Corey Davis in the top ten. I just think that him is a compliment to Keenan Allen. And almost a safety blanket so they can get healthy. Yeah, my goodness. So... And they have they have really tough players on defense. Uh, they've got Corey Legia. They've Jason got Melvin Ingram. Ingram yeah, Verrett on the corner. They got really solid players all around. So they're a team that they're just in a tough division. Mm-hmm. It is really tough playing against the Broncos, Raiders, and Chiefs every year. They kind of get been getting pushed down the bottom of the barrel last couple of years. But there is no question there's talent on that team. But in my mind, if the Jaguars aren't able to really compete in that game and honestly win it, it's going to be demoralizing. Yeah. It really is. So, then you go play at Cleveland. You just got to win that game. If (laughs) if there's any kind of conversation, then there's a problem. If we're in week 11 and it's like, what are we going to do against Cleveland? What's our game plan? Yeah. At Arizona (laughs) is really interesting. Bruce Arians, a polarizing figure. We stole their defensive leader in Calais Campbell away from them. Um, that's going to be interesting. Carson Palmer, you don't know what you're going to get this year. He's been aging. A team that just fell off right. last year. That, I mean, and lost a lot of so defensive do, Yeah, their quarterback is really what yeah. was kind of the catalyst of them winning games. And then it all kind of fell apart last year. So... It'll be interesting to see if they have a bounce-back year. You would typically think Carson Palmer, he's a bounce-back type player. He's come back from a lot of adversity. Bruce Arians, he's not going to want to sit down for for long and not be on top of their game. So he got a top-five running back. Right, David, David Johnson, Johnson is one of the best, all, best wide receivers of all time. Yeah, Larry Fitz. Like, you got a defensive backfield that's got Tyron Matthew and um, uh, Patrick Peterson. There's so yeah, much talent. They still got a ton of talent. No question about it. They just it's wrapped up Chandler Jones long term. Yeah. Good being um, at Arizona. It's gonna, right. That's going to be I would never pick game. the Jaguars in that game, but in my mind, just thinking about Arizona for the season is an interesting team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, how are they going to bounce back? Right. Uh, then you move back. You got a three game homestand. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Playoff huge. Playoff push. It's it's going to be pivotal. And it's against Indy, Seattle, and Houston. I don't think the Jaguars, if if you were uh, looking at the odds today, I think that wouldn't be favored in any of those three games. Even at home, yeah. I don't think they would be favored. Now, obviously, things will, could change by the time this rolls around. The Jaguars might be sitting in position to compete for a playoff spot. And who knows what will happen with Indy, Seattle, and Houston this year. Although... You would think at least Seattle and Houston will be very competitive. Yeah. And Indy is going to be tough with you know, their potent offense. So That's going to be a tough stretch at home, but it's going to be a stretch where the fans have to show out. Like, if they come home after losing at Cleveland and at Arizona, <laughs> that's going to be terrible. 
Yeah, the, the wind would be completely out of the sails, especially yeah. not only that, that loss at Cleveland. You can swallow Arizona, but coming off a two-game road trip where it starts off against the Browns, yeah, that would kills be terrible. momentum. Absolutely. So then they finish off the season at San Fran and at Tennessee, like we mentioned before. Oh, that West Coast trip. The Jaguars are terrible on the West Coast, man. I don't know the overall record, but it is atrocious. And NFL teams in general, East Coast teams struggle on the West Coast. Same thing for West Coast teams. They struggle when they come to the East Coast. So San Francisco might be the least talented team in the NFL, but it doesn't matter. They're going to add talent in the draft. Who knows what they're going to get. But they're not going to be pushovers. They're going to... They're they, a, they get paid, too. Exactly. <laughs> and they've got a lot of young talent on the team, even though you would still consider them one of the least talented teams in the NFL. Now, we've gone through the whole schedule. I predicted 9-7 and seven or 7-9, seven and nine, I believe. 9-7, I believe it was. Where are you sitting now? What do you think? I mean, I, I haven't actually gone game by game yeah. and looked at it. But, I mean, when... When I take into consideration that six and ten would double our win total, it's hard for me to go to start hovering around five hundred. That would be a huge jump. It would. But if it all really relies on one position, we have a theoretically we're better on defense. We had we just have better players than we have last than we had last year. I don't think you can even. It's not. You even don't even need to say theoretically. So that and that was the best part they of our better. team. Yeah. If Blake Bortles can just not turn the ball over, and we can have some sort of consistency out of the running game, maybe with a new addition or two, it would. It's 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 hard for me to believe that they won't get at least a six and ten. But man, there's a lot of question marks, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, about how consistent can this team be? Well, we haven't seen any consistency from the offense, even when they were relatively good in 2015. They were not consistent. Yeah. They would have good drives, but they weren't consistently moving the ball. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that's been done since Blake Bortles has been here. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can get that going. I think anywhere between six and eight wins is absolutely acceptable. Is it? It's not fantastic. It's not over the moon, but you're, you're like, okay, we've shown significant improvement. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, for me, if you're six and ten next year, it's a failure. Yeah, no, it's it, a complete it, failure. Yeah, I can absolutely see how fans would be revolting over this. But I mean, it's, it's it's not just fans. It, it should be an entire organizational revolt. Like, if you go six and ten with this roster. They went three and thirteen with, I mean, they had a couple. They added That's, a couple. It pieces. hasn't been a couple. It's been many pieces. <laughs> but I mean, like, you it's, add what it's, it's you add what your jump. coaching staff thinks is an All Pro caliber left tackle. You gotta show up first. <laughs> you add up a, a Pro Bowl caliber defensive lineman. Yes. You add yeah. a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. Yeah. You add an above average strong safety. Yeah. That's not just a couple pieces. But they, didn't, they, they have yet to answer any serious questions on offense, which was the biggest question. And our, and the, the, well, the it's not about the offense of, in my mind. It's about Blake Bortles. Yeah, but the, the, there's a guy standing seven yards behind him that hasn't really done a lot this, over the past couple of years. 
I think and even if the Jaguars didn't draft a running back, that Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon are much less of a question than Blake Bortles. Yeah, mainly because of the position. Yeah. But, I mean, there's there's a lot still left to do on this offense. The The draft is – I mean, there's still some holes in defense you'd like to fill and like to get quality players. Yeah. But from to, to, to all of a sudden jump to, you know, from 3-13 and 13 to contending for the playoffs – would, it would take a lot of things going our way. And that or just Bortles like only throwing 10 picks and just not throwing the ball much at all. Yeah, that, that would be a huge difference. Cutting down yeah. your turnovers. Just cutting 50%. down his attempts. Yeah. Would really help the team. And yeah. I think that's what they're going to try to do, obviously. They're going to do everything they can to help Bortles out. Um We'll get into the draft more later in the episode here, but let's get into all the actual news that's been going on around the Jaguars this week. So, Paul Puzlesny is no longer the Jaguars' starting middle linebacker. Um, Miles Jack is going to be the Jaguars' starting middle linebacker, it appears. This is what we've all wanted we, for we, so we long. We've talked about that. Yeah, we might have mentioned maybe. that before. <laughs> so, this is exciting. This is something that probably should have been done last year with a team that had no chance of competing. Yeah. Uh, at the Easily. end of the season, he probably should have been starting, but that didn't happen. Uh, we'll see how it goes now. Obviously, Puzlesny, it's going to be a transition for him, big transition for him. It and will it, be for both of them. Jack has to take control of the defense, own the defense. He has to know all the plays. He has to know what every other linebacker is doing around him and the secondary and the defensive front. So it will be a big test for him, but physically there's no question that he's got what it takes. It's just gonna Yeah, it's between the ears now. Yeah. Like how 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 much can he embrace and excel calling the defense, not only putting himself in a good position to win, but every single player on the defense. Right. And uh, then you've got Paws moving over to strong side. In my mind I'm thinking that they're gonna expand that that position's role a little bit more this year because yeah. Puzlesny is still such a good player if you're putting him in the positions that he I don't excels think, at. I don't think it will be as much of an auto as more of a yeah. true Sam linebacker. Yeah, I think he'll probably be in around 30 plays a game, I would guess. Yeah. And uh, I think it'll be huge for the Jaguars to keep having him out there. Um and eventually, you know, a year or two down the road, the Jaguars are probably going to be looking for a different strong side linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of the end for Puzzlesny. Yeah. And he is yet to be on a winning football team. Poor guy. It's crazy. Such a class act. And he works so, he puts so, so much work into doing this year in and year out. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, so, fullback's back in town. Jaguars signed Tommy Bohannon. Hot news. Newsflash. That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, some of the most interesting players the Jaguars have had have been fullbacks. Look at Greg Jones. Sure, Greg Jones, yeah. Fan favorite his whole career. <laughs> Chris Fuamatu Malafala. Best name in the business. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, you've had some interesting guys at fullback for the Jaguars. Now they've got Tommy Bohannon who played college ball at Wake Forest. He was actually drafted in the seventh round. Most fullbacks don't yeah. get drafted, so that's kind of impressive. 
And he didn't play last year for the Jets, but prior to that, he did block for Chris Ivory. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's an I-form fullback. He's there to knock some defenders in the mouth and create some running lanes for these running backs. Now, this worries me. This entire strategy of going towards the power route, mm-hmm. um, getting a fullback back in the game, because Blake Bortles does not do well under center. Yeah. It well, seems to me that the rest of our personnel would be best utilized running single back, one tight end, three receivers. Because you can have Hearns, yeah. Robinson, and Lee all on the field at the same time. And that's what you want. That's what scares the opposing defense the most. Obviously, if you've got this fullback, Tommy Bohannon, back there, and you've got Leonard Fournette behind him, that's pretty scary too. But it just seems to me that if they were really and really and truly doing everything they could to support Blake Bortles and make it easier for Blake Bortles, they would get a... They wouldn't even get a fullback, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And they would go draft a running back like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara. And they would line Bortles up in the shotgun. And they would have that running back out there. And they would have the three receivers out there, Lee, Hearns, and Robinson. And that's what they would do. He's shown he can succeed from that spot. Yeah. Bortles. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shown he can succeed under center. Will it make it easier for him under center if there's a good running game? Yes. Yeah. But does that mean does that mean he's all of a sudden going to be able to read coverages from when he's under center? <laughs> no. He'll be closer. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, and, it's and tough. It's that's what worries me about it. And uh, for me, not as much being under center, but as to me, relying more on the run game, which I think will take some pressure off, so he won't feel, so the coaches, coaching staff won't feel he needs to throw forty to fifty times a game. Like he's done in the past, yeah. and which he did a couple times this last year. I think to me, it's more of when you're focused on the power run game, you are. He, what Blake Bortles does well is he'll get out, he'll improvise, he'll make a make a very athletic move, whether it's getting out of the, getting, rolling out of the pocket, um, uh, taking a shot downfield. That's not really what you're looking for in a power running game offense it's more of okay you want to be efficient you want to be able to get you know get chunk good chunk yardage while also just you know wearing a defense down running the ball yeah i mean eight ten times a drive and marone made it clear that they're going to try to rebuild bortles from the ground up yeah i'm scared for that it's year four that's scary uh bortles has not succeeded thus far doing anything except the um, 11 formation, really. Yeah. You're just going to try to rebuild him, make him a guy that can go through his reads, you know, can progress through the receivers and all that. And I, I have my doubts. There's no question about that. He certainly knows how to read the uh, signs at the bar, though. There's <laughs> no question about that there. Um, Brandon Albert. He's not only, quote-unquote, holding out, he's not answering phone calls from Doug Marone himself, the Jaguars head coach. No contact. What is that? 
Um, I mean, it's voluntary. So Everybody it's... in that organization knows that that is not voluntary. It might be <laughs> <Yeah>. labeled voluntary <laughs> because of collective bargaining agreements. But if you're not there, Tom's it not a, happy. It sends a message. Tom and Doug are not happy about that. When 99% of the players are there and there's one pretty, you know, pretty high-profile player who isn't there and isn't contacting... It's it's gonna it's gonna be a big deal. Yeah, it's a it's bad news. Um, Once we get more, I in- always kind of perceived Brandon Albert from afar. Obviously, mm-hmm. he hasn't been in Jacksonville very long. I always kind of perceived him as that guy that was really all about the money. Mm-hmm. That started when he was with the Chiefs, and they had all sorts of issues with him getting his contract together and mm-hmm. stuff. And they were just like, screw this. I don't care if he's a Pro Bowl talent. Let's get him out of here. Yeah. Ship him off to Miami. Um, you'd, you'd think that they would kind of have this set up when they had the trade in place right. and they were in contact They've with him. They've talked with and, him before. Why was there... Yeah, we'll get you set well, up. And we'll there was a mention of restructuring the deal yeah. when, it, when it originally went down. But then what happened? Like, <laughs> what, what yeah. happened? It's been weeks. I mean, Albert and Marone have seen each other. I guess they probably haven't, actually. Yeah. They're not allowed to talk until now. Yeah, Albert came in the building when he was first signed, and then I guess he hasn't really been around till now. And then they, he just hasn't been in contact either. Nah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get a new contract. I'm on a new team. We'll see how, how much pressure we can put on him. And it's just so odd. He's making almost $10 million a year as a 32-year-old left tackle who's coming off of several injury-plagued seasons. What does he expect to get? The, the tackle market, this past free agency, he's seeing those guys. He's seeing they didn't was it, get one of that the Khalil much, brothers. It was, was it Matt Khalil? He made some. Yeah, there, was, there was guys player. that did, but as a whole, it wasn't. He uh, he obviously he has to think he's better than than Matt Galil, who made who made a ridiculous or his agents there. talking in his ear. Who <laughs> knows what's going on with that? But it's it's voluntary. I mean, it's, can't even answer the phone call or return the phone call though. That's yeah, that's disturbing. I don't like that. Just say hey, you know, I'm just like thinking. if this was New York City right now, like Derrick Rose, <laughs> he just told the team he's gonna miss a game and then didn't respond to anyone. It's a, a game is a bit different than well. When you have an eighty-two game out. season, I mean, it's voluntary workouts different. pretty similar. It's like a, in he, terms of importance. If he was missing a summer <laughs> game, a summer league game, but you get my point. Yeah. If this was happening in New York, if Brandon Albert had been traded to the Giants or the Jets, he'd be on Sports Center. What's yeah, he doing? Exactly. What's going on? So this is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you want to start establishing continuity amongst your offensive line as soon as possible. It'd be nice if Albert and uh, Linder were in there really talking about how they can get this offensive line going instead of Brandon Albert skipping yeah, and, he, and he's, he's a veteran. He's a guy who's played at a really high level when he's healthy. Um, he, he'd be a good, just a, 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 something you can bounce questions off of. Just, just young guys in the locker room, offensive linemen, He's been in the league for over ten years now, nine yeah. ten years. It's it, it's a good resource to have for your young guys 
let alone him actually being a solid player. Yeah, uh, it's frustrating, too, because I, I really felt that he was very sincere in his opening remarks and press conference and all that, that he felt like he he was so wanted here. And to me, it sounded like a guy that was supremely happy with the situation, not a guy who was about to hold out for more money. Yeah. So I find it disturbing that he can... Unless the front office said... We really want you. We're going to make this financial commitment to you, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he gets traded, and it's been silence. And there hasn't been much communication as far as talking about a new contract, things like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, it, once, once it actually starts getting into, like, OTAs, when he's not going to get fined or penalized for missing anything like this. Once he starts losing money... Holding out. Yeah, that's a different story. Then yeah, you're, so this whoa. isn't. Yeah, this isn't oh, the end of the God. world. But it's a story, and it's something to monitor. For yeah, sure. you're on a brand new team. This is the impression you make. Yeah, certainly not the best first impression. So, a lot of other stuff still that we've got to get into now. Um, Shad Khan, he was approved to develop the shipyards, and I think that's important. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you. There's so much wasted space down there that's basically just used as parking or just, it's just cordoned off where you, you can't even get in there because of one reason or another. There's so much opportunity for expansion and just giving people a reason to be around the stadium. Not, not only to make Jaguars games a Sunday event, but have having week-long a week, having making a weekend out of things. Exactly. Making more people when people come into town. Hey, what are we doing this weekend? Um, well, maybe we can go out to the beach on the Saturday. Maybe we can go find stuff to do around town. But the game's on Sunday, so we'll go downtown then. Mm-hmm. Give them a reason to come come downtown, stay downtown, have everything they need: businesses, offices, hotels, entertainment, all in the same place. Make downtown a destination to be instead of just. For, hey, going to a downtown game. Or, hey, there's a couple really cool places down here that might not be of the highest... Um, it might not be, like, a, a huge draw. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's just... It's good for the Jaguars. It's good for Jacksonville. Getting people downtown. That's more money for businesses going down there. Um, really... It's good for everybody. It's good for Shad Khan. You know, he's going to be making money off of it as far as having the rights to be able to, to design all this stuff. And, Absolutely. And be able to, to, to sell, sell different businesses and, and things coming in there. But, I mean, just getting people downtown for more than, hey, let's go tailgate and then go to a Jaguars game is huge. Yeah. There's such an opportunity downtown, and there's so much land to expand. And there's... There's half-built buildings that aren't being used. It's, no, it's crazy. There's no doubt about it. It's It's got a lot of room for improvement down there. For me, the biggest significance, though, is that, you know, if, if some other developer got the rights to do this, there wouldn't necessarily be synergy between yeah. what's happening at Everbank Field and what's happening so, surrounding it. And I think that that would have been... Not necessarily the end of the world, but it could have caused a lot of t- 
turmoil between what's happening at Everbank Field and what's happening around it. And now there will be cohesion. It will mm-hmm. be one, one, uh, one businesses, which is the Jaguars, really. Yeah. Uh, their vision. It'll be Shad Khan's vision. And that's going to be great. Um, if a different developer came in, they might disagree with what Shad Khan wanted to do. And it might, it might just cause issues that aren't necessary. Yeah. Now it's going to be one synergistic unit going in the right direction. And what's good for the shipyard, what's good for the shipyards is good for the Jaguars. Right. And vice versa. It's never going to be anything different. Because you never know with another developer. They might be like, I don't give a damn about the NFL. I got my own stuff that I want to do. And there could be conflicting interests as yeah. far as, you know, they could be want, wanting different things to draw people away from necessarily going, doing things stadium-wise. Right. So and it's just... You would hope not that would never yeah. happen, but... There's always a chance. Yeah, you never know with things like that. There's no question about it. So, good for Shad Khan... Good for Jacksonville. And yeah, uh, speaking right. of things Shad Khan's doing, I went down to Daly's place today to check Ooh. it out. It's looking magnificent. The picture you posted, <laughs> I was like, oh my... It, I saw render, renderings of what it would be, but actually seeing it not even completely built, yeah, it's going to look so nice. Yeah, I went down there with my camera and my phone, and I'm like, I feel like I'm being sneaky. I'm like, yeah. I, I can't have any of these construction workers see me and try to kick me out of here. So I, I was able to get some nice it pictures, looks, so I was happy about it. It looks so good. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to get a good picture when something looks like that. Yeah. It's it's God. really beautiful. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on any of our social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, at Generation Jaguar, Twitter, at Generation Jag. Um, really beautiful stuff that they've got going on over there. And uh, again, this episode, as all episodes, are presented by Bold City Brewery. Big shout out to Kevin over there and everybody else that helps us out every week. And make sure to go check out Bold City Brewery at boldcitybrewery.com. And go check out their new downtown location that is open today. Uh, I believe they'll be open till 11 this evening. So make sure to go check them out. Um, this is the Gin Jag Podcast. Find us at our website, ginjag.com, for all the latest news analysis, Jaguars videos, everything that you could want, we've got for you there at genjag.com. And then make sure to check us out again, like we said, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Now, a good chunk of our episode has come and gone, and we have got a lot left to get into here. So... Just because I like criticizing other people. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into this pro football-focused mock draft that came out where Jordan, not myself, a different Jordan, Jordan Pockler or Pochler, he has the Jaguars selecting Marshawn Lattimore. I have zero problem with that. Do you have a problem with that? I don't think it's the best pick, the best best use of that pick in terms of what can help the Jaguars immediately, but I'm not poo-pooing the idea. I think you get three great cornerbacks if you do it. You get three great cornerbacks, but you just paid a dude 12, a ton of money, 12ish for four the year. next four years. So basically Marshawn Lattimore's entire rookie contract. Yeah. You've got Jalen Ramsey who by all accounts is and in my own feelings is going to be a superstar who you're going to pay over Marshawn Lattimore 
unless somehow he eclipses him. There's so basically you're drafting a number three corner, fourth overall. You're drafting a guy that's going to play seventy percent of the snaps at most for the next four years, probably seventy so, percent of the defensive yeah. snaps. You're, you're drafting number four overall for basically a length of the con- a length of a contract in the future. And then it's you're not crazy. guaranteed that uh, Lattimore would excel inside. So then are you gonna if Lattimore can't excel inside, oh well we know Jalen can play inside. You really want Jalen to be your nickel corner when he can shut down the best Hell receivers no. in the game? <laughs> no, you don't want that. But all of that aside, that's not my problem. My problem was his explanation. He uh, essentially said the Jaguars, if they do this, will be able to have two young stud cornerbacks moving forward. For the next four or five years. Yeah, but what's, what about... So, what, what about AJ Boye <laughs> signing with the Jaguars, who, pro football focus, the website you write for, ranked as the second best cornerback in football, <laughs> and he's only 25. So the Jaguars don't already have two young stud cornerbacks? Well, you see, the thing about that is... Uh, and I've seen some several people call him out, and he won't directly respond to it. He'll say, "It's never you can never have enough cornerbacks. Right, we know that, but can you address what you actually wrote and what you actually said, which is the Jaguars would have two young stud cornerbacks? I don't get it. No. I, to me, it doesn't... Like, did he... Did he honestly just make a mistake and forget that they did that when he was writing that? Maybe he has conflicting. He doesn't uh, like him. Opinions. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird to me, though. Anyways, enough of my rant about stupid people at Pro Football Focus. Um, <laughs> no, I th- I I think Marshawn Lattimore. A lot would have to, to to go wrong for the Jaguars that they would even be considering picking him. Yeah. Speaking of a lot of things going wrong, Joe Mixon. <laughs> He's had quite a few things go wrong in his past. Fortunately for him this week, though, a parent of... That whole thing was A parent bizarre. of a girl that he was with in high school, apparently. Uh, he said... Apparently there was accusations against um, Mixon that the father ended up recanting on, yeah. which is strange. Hopefully it just happened because the father didn't feel like ruining this guy's career. I think it was because he made assumptions and then his daughter said, no, 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 no this is right. what really happened. But I'm just hoping like yeah. he didn't just recant this because like somebody paid him off or something. Like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Hopefully it's all in good taste there, but... Joe Mixon, who if you don't know, there's a very graphic video of him punching a girl right right in the face. Uh, Jason Lock and Flora doesn't believe that Joe Mixon will fall past the Jaguars in the second round. I would hope because he's a first-round pick and then we don't have to pick him. <laughs> I mean, wow. That is a bold statement. He's... He... Okay. If there was not... I am the, the most vocal Joe Mixon, anti-Joe Mixon person you that you'll find out here. Go. If there is not a video of him, a Ray Rice-like video of him, 
he's he might be the first running back taken off the board. Yeah. He is it's reasonable. A one hundred percent first round pick. Might be a top ten pick. Might be the first overall pick on the on the board. So teams are gonna fall in love with talent and uh, by all accounts, he's been great in interviews. He said all the right things. They're going to think... They're going to be able to, to... It was a one-time thing, and they're going to get an incredible talent at a value pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, the second round is a bit too early because of there's so much surrounding this guy, whether it's even accusations from... A, a parent who obviously he recanted. He claiming he had in the uh, wrong info. Um, I know we're looking at a running back, so I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility. But that yeah. would mean we don't pick Fournette in one at number four. Um, we don't pick Dalvin Cook, which seems to be falling down the draft boards for some reason. Yeah, um, I have Cook going to a. Uh... Very depressing. What, Indy? Yeah. I've been hearing that a lot. I mean, come on. Like, just makes too much sense. Yeah. You they give somebody to Andrew block Luck, Dalvin Cook. But, no, I mean, it makes sense looking at the player, looking at the person. There's a lot of teams that don't even have him on their draft board. Joe Mixon, that is. Joe Mixon. Yeah, correct. getting back. Yeah. Not Dalvin. Not While Dalvin. Dalvin does have Dalvin his has, own off-field issues, though. But there's not a video of it. Right. He, he, was, he wasn't charged, or he was not found guilty of anything. Um, he hasn't made any kind of settlements or anything like that. So, I mean, you just you try and pick your poison, and when, value, when, when talent trumps any kind of off-field issue, you just pull the trigger, and, and it's about winning it. At, at all costs in the yeah. NFL. And and sadly to say, a lot of off-field issues, some off-field issues that have a light shine, a spotlight shine upon them like Ray Rice did and like Joe Mixon is currently going through now and uh, Laramie Tunsil went through last year with the video that was released right before the draft. Where Man, that was classic. Smoking a gas mask. That was classic. Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's one of the most interesting draft day stories that's ever happened. That but is just something It's, it's else. unbelievable how teams, if there's no video, will be like, eh, you know. Because, I mean, these teams have PR. Yeah. They have PR people that are like... And so do the players. Yeah. So Players also have teams, they can go in and nail it. Look at Johnny Manziel. There was a ton of teams that said he nailed the interview, things went great, you know, he said all the right things. And he was still the same scumbag that went out gambling, drinking, rolling up $100 bills <laughs> in the bathrooms. I wish Sunday. I had $100 bills to roll up. <laughs> but, no, I mean, as far as a prospect, I would be surprised if he made it out of the first round. Regardless. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. Yeah, it's crazy. Talent, thing. talent trumps all in the NFL. It really does. There's no question about it. Speaking of talent, there's been a lot of talk that this is the worst offensive line class in recent memory. Yeah. Jaguars worked out Cam Robinson this week. Mm-hmm. Cam Robinson may or, not, may or may not be there when the Jaguars select at 35, or he may or may not be there for a uh, 
you know, trade back up option for the Jaguars or even a trade down option. But he's the type of player that can play guard to start his career for the Jaguars. And once Brandon Albert or Jeremy Parnell vacate, hopefully he could replace one of those guys. I think that's an ideal type of player to select. I think that there might be better pure guards in the draft that have just played guard. Mm -hmm. But if you can get a guy that can play guard for you and be average to above average for a couple years and then kick out to right or left tackle, that's ideal for the Jaguars' situation right now. Yeah, I mean, it it fills a need and in the future provides greater value. I mean, obviously, you're you're spending a premier pick on him. You, You would hope he would be at a position of need. But it's it's better than Greg Robinson, who was picked what number three overall, who they right. projected as a tackle and was forced to move inside because he just couldn't handle it. Yeah, um, I, it wouldn't absolutely kill the team to have a quality player at guard to one day move to a tackle position mm-hmm. because I, by all accounts, even with Jeremy Parnell. Dave Caldwell has said, you know, we're, we're pretty comfortable with our, the offensive linemen we have in, in the building. Um, yeah, it, it wouldn't hurt. He's a good football player. He's gone against the best. Um, there's he, a couple other guys that could potentially be there to do that with, too. Um, drawing a blank on the guy now. I think Deion Dawkins is his name from Temple. Yeah. He played tackle, but they project him as a guard or tackle to the NFL second, third round pick. Um, there's plenty of guys. Garrett Bowles. Yeah. A lot of people say he's the best offensive lineman in the yeah. draft. I think Roto World put out the, where they asked nine, like, like 17 executives and nine said he was the best offensive lineman, period, How about in that? this draft. Um, I mean, you get a guy like Forrest Lamp, who A lot of people think tackle. he's the best lineman in the yeah. class, too. He, he, he projects to move inside in the NFL. There's... there's n- might not be a lot of top end talent, but if you can snag a guy in the second or third day that can contribute, I mean, heck, we could use it. No question about it. A um, couple other things we can get into here before the show wraps up. The Everbank Field made the Travel Channel's football fan bucket list, which is pretty exciting. Um, obviously, it means nothing, but. It's cool for that national recognition to happen for Everbank Fields. Well, they the didn't even boards. they didn't even mention the pools is the funny thing on the article. They all they only mentioned the largest outdoor scoreboards in the world. Those are pretty cool. Which are pretty awesome. But we do have some pools. We have FanDuelville, we've got the cabanas, we've got the party zone, Bud Light Party Zone, we've got everything. Except a winning football team. For hey. now. We we went in the we went in the, on the tailgate and in the stands. That's right. On the field to be determined. Speaking of tailgates, next Thursday, April twenty seventh, for the first round of the draft, the Jaguars will be hosting their annual draft party. It feels like it's almost Christmas. It's so exciting. We <laughs> will be hosting our annual draft party tailgate this year due to some uh, construction on Daly's place. Our tailgate will be in lot E instead of lot J, but it's going to be all good. Uh, We'll get you more information about lot E coming up soon, but everybody who comes by can grab some free beverages 
And uh, of course, that's thanks to Bold City Brewery and all of our other wonderful sponsors. Um, so yeah, make sure to come check us out. We'll be out there probably in between 3 and 4 o'clock, so come see us. Um, more information will be posted on our social media outlets throughout the next week about that. Make sure to come check it out. It's always a good time. If you do plan on attending the actual party inside the stadium, you do need to go to jaguars.com, print out your ticket. It's a free ticket. You just got to bring it. Just got to so, register and let it come. Just do it, all right? Don't ask questions. <laughs> now, Brian Baldinger... NFL network analyst and former offensive lineman was asked out of the five teams with the longest playoff drafts in the NFL. Which so I think team we're, would we're number two with nine years? I think no. I think there's like three or four teams oh, good. worse than us. Good. Yeah. 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 That's, so that's, like the Bills, it's been seventeen years. Ooh. Browns, I think, were tied with us. I think we were at right, right at nine years. Though. Yeah. I think 2006 yeah. was the last time. 2007 was. 2007. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there was a couple years after that where it felt like the Jaguars should have been playoffs, 2008, 2010, but didn't happen. I believe 2010 was when the Jaguars were 8-5 and five, heading into the final three games of the season and just tanked to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And uh, that was the end of Jack Del Rio. See you. So... Tough stuff there, but, you know, do you honestly think that the Jaguars could break their playoff drought? Um, if the division sucks. <laughs> I mean, there's there's going to be a 9-10 win team in the wild card. Um, I we, think we would have to... to how the, good can this defense be? Yeah. How dominant can they be? Demons was pretty darn good last year. We didn't get the sacks. We didn't get the turnovers. But if they can do that, it changes a lot. It hides a lot of flaws that this offense has. If they can get, if they can be solid on defense and get turnovers. So this leads me to number four overall. What do you want? <laughs> We're less than a week away. What's it going to be? I'm still... I, Jags are open to a trade down. Yeah, that's very... They, they we'll talk see about, about that. that. Um, I'm still... Give me a defensive end. Um, I'm... I watched the Lowell Leonard Fournette today. I would not be upset if I got a wonderful football player like himself. I mean, you got the fullback now. <laughs> He's he didn't, he didn't sign a fullback for no reason. Yeah. I mean, it to me, it looks like... Defensive end or running back. Or QB. Man, that would just be insane. There's been a lot of talk lately that... I'm not saying insane in a bad way. I'm saying that would just be like, whoa. It would blow the doors off the draft. It would be like the the highlight, like the the main talking point. Yeah, it would be up there for sure. I mean... And for me, I would hope it would be Trubisky. I think he's the best of the Mm. crop. Give me Watson. Give me a winner. Give me a gamer. <laughs> Give me a gamer. All right, Mike Mayo. Um, I just like Trubisky's skill set. Every time he stepped foot on the field, he played exceptionally. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, you've got a lot of baggage in terms of interceptions. 
He has a worse interception percentage per pass than Blake Bortles does over the last two years. Did you know that? Did you know that Alabama's <laughs> defense has seven pro- projected NFL players on it? and he Starters, probably. Starters. And he racked up about 900 yards of offense on them. In two games. <laughs> in two games. It's true. So. I just think that he... There's, has there a are, lot more warts yeah. than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, there, there, there definitely is a lot more that you can question about him. You can't but, question his leadership. You can't question his toughness or his ability to he's been there perform since, in the clutch. He's been there since he was a freshman. Trubisky, he's got one year. Yeah, it was a freaking great year. <laughs> I, I'm sick of everyone pulling the one-year crap. If you can't tell what a player does in 13 games, like, what are you looking at? Yeah. It it it, sh- it but the longer it goes, the more your their flaws are exposed. Right, and there's more variables the longer they play. If you watch a guy play for four years, he's going to be playing with different receivers. Yeah, he's going to be playing with all sorts of different offensive linemen, different defensive situation. It does make sense, but I mean, I think you got to roll the dice if you're going to draft a quarterback and Mitch Trubisky's on the board. It's got to be him, if, in my if, opinion. If the Browns. Go number one, Miles Garrett, and they've been talking about trading up. I could totally see, yeah, getting Mitch Trubisky. So who do you take at twelve if you can do that? No, I'm just talking about what's rumored. I would take Watson. No, 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 I'm saying if you're the Jaguars and the Browns trade up to get their quarterback with us, you move back to twelve. Who are you taking? Not quarterback, anybody. Um, you're looking. OJ Howard is potentially there. Dalvin Cook is still potentially there. Um, obviously, one of the offensive linemen. Um, I would probably pick. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> OJ Howard. I mean, he's the best player at his position, which is a position of need. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if. Assuming that Jonathan Allen's gone, Solomon Thomas is gone, obviously, Miles Garrett's gone. Oh, so I you're could, taking so, um, think OJ, OJ Howard. Howard over like Derek Barnett if he's available? Yeah. Okay. Just because of the value of the pick, because I think OJ Howard's a top ten player at a position where we are, you know, kind of desperate. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah. You know, based on production, mm-hmm. they should be desperate to get a better tight end. I agree. But I don't know what the hell I would do. <laughs> it's I so, mean, it's Dalvin so Cook, I just still imagine him having yeah. an amazing NFL career. I really do. Uh, and he can run from the I formation so or good. from the he's a home, 11 personnel. He's a threat to score every single time he carries the ball. There's no question about it. He's fast, lightning fast. Elusive. Very elusive. And he's he's stronger in yeah. terms of running running through players than a lot of guys like to give him credit for because he's only about 210. But he's tough. He's usually falling forward, not backwards, in terms of when he gets tackled. Um, man, I don't know. I wanted to get into some Ajay P. Ryan versus Deontay Foreman talk Ooh. here really quickly. Where do you stand if the Jaguars wait later in the draft if you're deciding between one of those two guys? Obviously, you're you know, a Texas I'm, fan. I'm on the Texas side of the Red River rivalry. I know, but... Give me Deontay. You think I so? I watched that boy rumble for 2,000 yards. Samaje's strong. You think he's I know better? he's good. Give me Deontay. To me, Deontay he's, is a... 
It's all about In speed. terms of style, it's a little it's a little running back stuck in a massive body. Yep. And yep. he's fast enough to be stuck in Four that massive body. It's not a big deal. Um, Give me speed all day. But gosh, I love Samaje. He's good. He just reminds me so much of Maurice. Slow Mojo. mojo. Yeah, he's a slow mojo. Slow mojo. That's great. That's a great term right there. Hopefully we'll draft him. We can make some slow mojo shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, gotta love it. Draft less than a week away. Woo, it's like Christmas. Yep. Thanks for joining us today. This episode was presented by Bold City Brewery, as they all are. Make sure to check them out at boldcitybrewery.com. And if you're listening to this on Friday, go check them out before they close at 11 p.m. tonight. You can follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jaguar on uh, Facebook and Instagram, on Twitter at Generation Jag. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. You can follow myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And make sure to go check out our website, genjag.com, and join us for our draft day tailgate in Lot E. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Happy weekend, Duval. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.